1: Praise the Lord. Happy Mother's Day to all the gorgeous women in the house. Please church, let's wish all the mothers in the house a happy Mother's Day. I can't hear you. And mothers, what what do you want to respond? What's your response to that? Thank you. Praise the Lord. On my way to church, I called my mother. My mom is still alive and well. Glory be to God. She's going to be 89 years old in May. Praise the Lord. And I really bless God for her life. Um, I've made it, um, I don't know what to call it but a duty to always wish my mom happy Mother's Day before I I wish any other woman because I really bless God for her life. My mom had 10 of us, 10 children, eight girls and two boys. In a house where you have eight girls, it's nothing but Fuji house of commotion. in my house we have camps some are closer to you know the first two are very close and then we have the middle ones and then some of us the younger ones we don't like them at all and my mom has had to put up with all of that and she's still alive and well glory be to god Glory be to God. So, Father, we thank you and we bless you. This morning we approach your word reverently, O God. And we ask, eternal rock of ages, that you will speak to our hearts, that you will minister to us individually and collectively as an assembly. And that, Lord God Almighty, at the end of this day, O Lord, may we, O Lord, begin to live our lives purposefully to the praise of your glory. In Jesus' name we pray amen and amen you know they say that women have wahala this fascinator i'm wearing now is wahala praise the lord i don't know if i bend if it will fall off you know i don't know so i'm carrying my head you know like when they used to do tie tie for children for the first three days this is how you be carrying your head that's how i'm be carrying my head praise the lord hallelujah if it gets bad i'll yank it off praise the lord So our theme is living with purpose. I I must start by thanking God for keeping us Queens. Remember last year, exactly a year ago, it was after our Queens um, virtual conference that the lockdown was announced. Do you remember? But we thank God that he kept us. And you know, Queens, have not we've not had any physical meetings since. Praise the Lord. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but we've not. But today we're here. And we're celebrating mother's day and we want to give God all the praise and glory for keeping us. He has kept us. Unfortunately, one of us transited to glory. I don't know if it's unfortunately or fortunately, because when you go to glory, it's a better place than, than the earth. Sister boss, she's not here with us today, but she was with us last year. So we, we will not be unmindful of the faithfulness of God in our lives. Some of us have suffered, you know, we've been ill, we had COVID, we had this and that. But look at us here. We're still here. We're still standing. So we have reasons to give God praise. We have reasons to celebrate his faithfulness and his goodness in our lives. God has been gracious to us. If you're alive in this place and you're alive and well, God has been good to you. I want you to say thank you, Jesus. Let's not take these things lightly. Let's not take them for granted. And now because God has graciously added another year to all of us here. Especially us, the Queen's Fellowship. You know, when the Spirit of God ministered to me and gave me this theme, I was scared. I don't even know what to share. That's the truth. Living with purpose. I thought that on a mother's, um, you know, mothering Sunday... That you would come and share on sweet mother. Because mothers are sweet, are we not? Are we not sweet? We are sweet. But then the Lord now said, living with purpose. And I knew that it was from the Lord. The only challenge I had was was that I, I thought I could get pastor to preach the sermon for me. And Pastor simply told me, the Holy Spirit is with you. Praise the Lord. And I believe that He's with me. Praise Jesus. So, living with purpose, what does it mean? What does it mean to live? Living is not the same thing as existing, it's not the same thing. They're different. They say that living. Means to enjoy life and savor every moment. That's what they say. It's to enjoy life. Now, when they say enjoy life, it's not the type of enjoyment that you and I are thinking about. Enjoyment of having parties, having this and that, just celebrations up and down. No, that's not it. To actually live this life intentionally, that's what it means. That's what living means. Existing talks about survival. You just want to survive. You want to do the minimum. So that you can just get by. But living is associated with um, joy. It's associated with enthusiasm. It's associated with passion. Because you must be living for something. The God that you and I serve is a God of purpose. I hope you know that. He's a God of purpose. God does everything he does with intentionality. He doesn't do things randomly. Praise the Lord. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life. And have it more abundantly. That talks about living. Actually living. Not existing. And up until this time, many of us have existed. Existed. We're not actually living. I like the way my friend, a friend of mine, puts it. She said, Don't let life happen to you. Happen to life. Because if you just come live your life and go and die and go to heaven, that means life just happened to you. You didn't happen to life. You didn't leave your mark on the earth. And that will not be our portion in the name of Jesus. We will live, we will not merely exist. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Isaiah chapter 46 verse 10. If you can help me. This is God. God. I said God is a God of purpose. He says declaring the end from the beginning. And from the ancient times. Things that are not yet done. Saying my counsel shall stand. And I will do all my pleasure. Can you look for. you know, See if you have. Um. Maybe NIV. Let's see what it says. I make known the end from the beginning. From ancient times, what is still to come? I say, my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. What that tells me is that God always declares a thing. The end of a thing before it actually starts. You know, when he talks about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, he said the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. But we saw, I mean, when you read the Bible, you will follow, you know, the trend and see how Jesus was born and how he lived his life and then died. But but God had declared it ahead of time, the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. Meaning at the time of creation, Jesus had already died. That's how God plans things. So he sees, he, he sees the end. He declares the end of what will happen. And then he now begins with us. Meanwhile, he already knows what is at the end. You know, I like tennis a lot. And every time I watch tennis, I want Rafael Nadal to win. He's my favorite. My husband knows. They do, you can't play if you call Nadal's fight. You know, that's how much I like him. I always want him to win. You know, C and I. Nadal is our, we're his fans. He doesn't even know us. Nadalion, that's the nickname we gave him. And so we always want him to win. But every time he's playing a, a, a you know, a match or they have a game. We're always expecting, we don't, we don't know if he's going to win or not. We're hoping that he will win. But you know, when it comes to God... He already knows the end. Before even they started the U.S. Open. Or the French Open. God already knew who would carry that cup. Who would stand on that day. Who they would declare the winner. He sees the end from the beginning. I'm saying that to say something. In Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 4. Please give me Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 4. Can you put a, a... Four to six. Can you put them together? If you can, please. I'll appreciate that. Thank you. It says, then the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I did what? I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. That word sanctified means I set you apart from your mother's womb. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then said I, ah, Lord God. I always think, you know, that um, I, Jeremiah is a Yoruba man. Because he said, ah, Lord God. You know Yoruba people always say, ah. We have a lot of Yoruba people. There's a Yoruba tribe in the Bible. Do you know them? Ijebusites. Praise the Lord. Honestly, it was a Yoruba pastor in, in Canada. I attended, you know, my son's church in Canada, and the man just called Jebusite, Jebusite, and his one is an man. So he said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a youth. And God said to him, But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Now, this was a a man that God called, and he said, before I formed you, remember we're saying that God declares the end from the beginning. He knew uh, Jeremiah before he was formed in his mother's womb. He already sanctified him and determined what Jeremiah would be. God already ordained him a, a, a prophet from the womb. And then in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, God begins to speak concerning you and I. He says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in it. I like the translation that says, we are his workmanship recreated in Christ Jesus. Why recreated? Because in Christ Jesus, we became born again. Everyone who lived before Christ Jesus was not born again. However, God worked, some of them worked with God. Just like Enoch worked with God and he was not. But those of us who are born again, who are alive now, we have been recreated in Christ Jesus. When you get born again, you know your body doesn't change. Have you ever seen anyone that got born again and then they came out, they were dark, then they became light. Or they were light-skinned, then they became dark. No. Does your shape or your figure change because you got born again? What gets born again is your spirit. Your spirit man becomes born again. So in Christ Jesus, we were recreated for good works. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in it or walk in them. Good works that we should walk in them. Praise the Lord. So I want to say something to somebody today. If you are here under the sound of the voice of the Holy Spirit, I want you to know that you are not a happenstance. You did not just happen. You are not random. God carefully prepared you in your mother's womb. In fact, if not that we have children in our midst, and if I had the liberty of calling a doctor to explain conception, how it happens, how this one meets this, and sometimes there are millions of them, but God, you know, in his wisdom, navigates the something, you know what I'm talking about, until he hits that particular one that is you. And you, and, 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 and you are here today. Praise the Lord. You are not a mistake. You're not. And you're not an afterthought. God really, really thought about you before you were formed in your mother's womb. Psalm 139. Please let me put it. Because I I want us to begin to um, have a paradigm shift. You know, let our minds be reconfigured. Let us understand what the purpose of God is for our lives. It will help us. Please, from verse, uh, I think sixteen. Not sure. I think from verse sixteen, maybe. Let me see. Thank you. It says, "Your eyes saw my substance before." Being yet unformed. And in your book, they all were written. The days fashioned for me. When as yet there were none of them. Let me see what's after that. Okay, how precious also are your thoughts to me, oh God. How great is the sum of them. Let me see if there's another thing. Is Is that the last Okay, that's fine. 16 is fine. So put 16 there, please, for me. Thank you. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. I I just want you to know how precious you are to God and how God took time to create you. How he took time to to configure you. How he took time to mold you. He says, your eyes saw my substance before... Being yet unformed. And in your book, they all were written the days fashioned for me. When as yet, there were none of them. I'm going somewhere with all of this. Praise the Lord. Do you know that even identical twins, I know a a few of them, identical twins... You know, they don't have the same fingerprints. As identical as they are. As they look. They don't have the same fingerprints. If you look at them well, you will see that one is always taller than the other. Yet, they're identical twins. That is to show you how specific God can be. Or God is. The identical twins come from one egg. It means that the spermatoza. I hope that's it. Doctors, please permit me in case I'm you know, I'm not getting it right. It fertilized one egg and it split into two. But even at that, even with all of that, one is still taller. One may even be fatter than the other. They don't have the same fingerprints. I'm saying that to tell somebody today that you don't have to try to be like any other person. Because nobody can do you better than you. God knows why he created you the way you are. You know, there was a time in my life when I used to look at, you know, consider what people said about me or how they said, this person said this. It got to a point in my life when I decided, God, it is you and I. Whatever you tell me, I will do. Whatever you say to me, if I stand in the mirror and you look at me and you tell me my daughter, you, you look okay. I step out. I don't care what any other person has to say. It is between God and I. The one who called me. God doesn't make mistakes. I hope you know that. I have friends all over the world. There's some friends I have. You know, Well, uh, one, one, one friend in particular. Some years ago, I saw her in America. And I began to preach the gospel to her. And she listened. And she told me, if you were someone else other than you that came to preach to me, I would never listen. Come on. Is God not an awesome God? There are people that only you can reach. Only you. God doesn't make mistakes. He knows why he created you the way you are. When he says that we're fearfully and we're wonderfully made by God, he knows what he's talking about. Forget about the comedians that say that some people are only fearfully made. And they're not wonderfully made. In other ways, that in in other words, they're trying to say that those people are not good looking, but you are what the word says you are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. Praise the Lord, somebody. Praise the Lord, somebody. Praise the Lord. Is someone hearing the voice of, of the spirit? So to live with purpose is to live out the life God designed for you. Tell yourself that. To live with purpose is to live out the life God designed for me. You need to say that to yourself. Some people are just looking at me. I said, say it to yourself. To live with purpose is to live out the life that God designed for me. Not for another person but for me. But you know what happens to us? Many times we design our own lives. And when you design your life, what you're saying is, God, this is what I have designed. You come and fit into it. It doesn't work that way. God designs your life. Then you work everything about you, including your schedule, around him. Praise the Lord. I don't know if that makes sense. You can't design your life. You did not, it did not originate from you. When did you even begin to know yourself? In the first place. So what can you really say about yourself and what you can do? Other than what the word of God tells you you can do. Praise the Lord. We have a friend in America and we're asking him about some ladies. Are they married? And the person said, ah, how can they be married when they've not finished designing the men they want? Did you hear that? They're still designing the, 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 the men they want. Until you finish that, your, you know, your design, the graphics design. And you come to God and say, who's the man you want me to marry, beg. And then God now says, it's, it's uh, brother Tony. He said, ah, that one with coconut head. That one that he said is like teacup. Ah, my children will have funny, you know. Shape of head. And God says that's the one. Because He already designed your life. He knows what He wants to get out of you. Let me tell you people confession. I will say it when the presence of God. Don't want to look at my husband. When my husband came to marry me. He was, I knew that he was a good man. I'm telling you. Just like Sister Joke was saying. Sister Joke, you said you didn't want a, fair, a light-skinned man. Me, I wanted a light-skinned man. I didn't want a dark man. The people who say it's tall, dark, and handsome. My own was tall, light, tall, dark, tall, light, and handsome. I did not want a dark man. I wanted a light-skinned man. But my husband came I was not even born again. But God knew where he was taking me to. So I had a choice. Should I marry this man? Or should I keep waiting for my tall, light, and and handsome? And the Spirit of God ministered to me that this man is right for you. He's the one for you. I said I wasn't, not that I wasn't born again. I had given my life to Christ, but I wasn't serious. Gave my life to Christ, you know, one time my sister took me to one fellowship and then as soon as I left the place, I continued my life as usual. And then in school, some, my roommates and some people came and ministered to me and I followed them. I went to, I think it was called Redemption, Redemption Club or something. I went and the whole school, University of Port Harcourt, they heard Jesus is now born again. Jesus is now when they got go away. Jared. I was not serious. But the mercy of God. The mercy of God. I knew in my spirit. That he was the one for me. My flesh was struggling. He didn't even know. I'm not sure I've ever told him. But my spirit knew. That this was the man for me. And I said yes. And I said that yes by faith. And today. eh, I'm the most blessed of all women that are living, not of all the women that exist, though. all the women that are living. I'm telling you the truth. I am blessed. My soul is, is at rest. I have peace of mind. I don't wake up in the morning or you know, so I'm wondering what will my husband do today. He doesn't just give me, listen to me. He doesn't just give me what I need. He gives me what I want. That's the truth. I didn't plan to share this. That's the truth. What you need, that is existing. as survivor. He gives me what I want. He gives me what I need and he gives me what I want. Glory to God. Not by might, not by power. But that's the truth. My husband taught me taught me submission. He loved me to submission or into submission. He didn't beat me. Every time I have the opportunity, I say this. Men, so that you can hear. Those that have refused to hear what the Spirit is saying to them. This year will be our 27th wedding anniversary to the glory of God. Nobody, if they have ever slapped my face, will you not know? Come on. In April, I'll be 51. I'm not saying he's the only man like that in this church. We have very good men in this church. We have some very good husbands in this church, in the father's church, that their wives can say the same about them. Glory be to God. I'm saying that so that the young people in the house, so that you will not let your flesh lead you. Holy Spirit lead you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let the Holy Spirit lead. Praise. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. Young people in the house. Because he knows what he has designed for you. He knows the days that he fashioned for you. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, God knew you. So when you get up and you begin to design your own life by yourself, you may not know where you will end up. So you ask the Holy Spirit to lead you. Even if the man's head is like coconut, it doesn't matter. Have you seen a man that is not so fine and a woman that is not so fine their children are finer than your own that you think you and your husband are fine haven't you seen them Praise the Lord Praise Jesus Hebrews 10 Hebrews 10 verse 6 to 7 Praise. praise the lord so hebrews chapter 10 verse 6 to 7 it says in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you had no pleasure then i said behold i have come in the volume of the book it is reading of me to do your will O god praise the lord praise the lord so we're saying from this scripture This was, you know, they were talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Then I said, behold, I have come. In the volume of the book, it is written of me to do your will, O God. I want to say to us and to myself, that when God calls you to a purpose, when he calls you to do something in particular, even if you like, bring sacrifices. Are you hearing me? Bring different things to try to confuse God. Can you confuse him? To say, Lord, let me pacify you with this so that I will not do what you're calling me to do. You're not going to work. Jesus, the Lord Jesus said, in the volume of the book, it is written. There is something that is written in the volume of the book for you. For me. For me. At this point, let me share my testimony. Some of you who followed my interview on on AIT, you already heard it. 1997, we came to Abuja. We started the the ministry, planted uh, a parish of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. And of course, there was nobody. It was just Pastor, me, and Uche then. Tuske had not been born. Was not born then. And Uche's nanny. So it was the four of us and um, another couple from the central parish. And then, um, I think pastor Daya Lani to, you know, something like, you know, they used to come and worship with us from time to time. The church started in my house. So pastor was the preacher. Me automatically, I became the choir, choir mistress all by myself. So I used to sing, I would sing pastor would, I would lead worship, pastor would preach, I will lead worship, he would preach. And then the church began to, began to grow, began to grow. Um, Pastor Chris joined us, you know, and a few people and then, you know, it continued like that. So, but, you know, I I had been in the ministry for, uh, for a while and it looked like, you know, there were other people who joined us who were also ministers in the church then. All of us were in the choir. See, you knows them, you know, we're all in the choir, but it got to a point where, you know, we all grew, you know, we, um, we were ordained, I was ordained a deaconess, you know, a year after, I think some of them were in Dickens and all of that. And everybody left the choir. and left only C and I. And I would call them, I say, you people come back, we'll come back to the choir. They say, ah, Chi, is that one demotion or what? Mm. So, it got to a time that I felt, ha, even this choir that I've been in since 1997, is it not even demotion for me to that they will call meetings and pastors. And now that I'm even a pastor, pastors will go for pastor's meeting. You know what I mean by pastor's meeting? You know how the apostles in Acts chapter is it six or seven, when they said, look, let us, you know, select seven men filled with the Holy Spirit so that they can serve tables while we just go and face the word and prayer. So that statement made me think being in the choir was a demotion for a pastor's wife. It was in my heart. I did it, but you know, I was still ministering, continue to minister. But it got to a season that I got tired of being in the choir. I didn't feel fulfilled. I was just tired of everything choir and I'll be complaining to pastor complaining. He will laugh at me. He'll tell me my wife, stay where you are. He said, the reason you're not, you're not, you're not finding fulfillment Is because you're not giving, you're not serving. That you just go there and sit down. And then when they finish, you don't even lead worship anymore. And do you know what? The Lord gave me, I had a dream. In that dream, they gave me two babies. But I neglected one. In fact, I didn't even remember I had that one. So there was one particular, one of the other one, I kept taking care of that one, feeding that one, you know, nurturing that one, just taking care of that one. And then someone will call my attention to that other baby. "Ah, Look at this baby. And then I'll know, hey, I saw the baby looking very sickly. I'm like, you know, I said the baby was going to die. And then I woke up. I didn't understand the dream. I shared it with pastor. I said, pastor, what can this be? And he said, you don't, you don't, you, you don't get it. I said, no. He said, you don't know what the Lord is saying. I said, no. I said, ah. And he said, it is your music ministry. You've neglected it. I said, really? He said, you have neglected your music ministry. I said, God. I said, How? before this time, a few people had come to me to say, why don't you start recording? I said, no, don't have that kind of voice. Record care. I said, they can only tolerate me in the Father's Church. I can't, I'm not even going anywhere to, to sing or do anything. You know, I said, people who even want to listen to my voice, like, you know, on CD. All those excuses. And so I started to, to pray. And then one day we had Kingdom Ladies, um, I think it was our inaugural. And the theme was, it's time. And God gave me a word to share with the, with the ladies. And those of you who came for our inaugural meeting, you, I'm sure you can remember. And one of the questions, there was a question that was asked. And He said, what if you got to the top of the ladder of success and realized that it was leaning on the wrong wall? You are climbing a ladder. And you're you're, you're progressing in life. You're doing well. You're accomplishing things. You're successful in the eyes of men. And then you get to the top of the ladder of success. And then you now look. Behold, it is leaning on the wrong wall. So you have wasted your life climbing and doing what God did not send you to do. Do you know what it will cost you to come down? And start again. When I heard that, eh? You know, even people say, "I da go, I da go chint." Naya, Naya is something. Yeah. That means when somebody, a deaf person, you don't need to tell them that war has broken out or war has started. Once you see people running, do you think the deaf person will say, "Wait until I hear"? They will just take off. If somebody starts running now, don't you know all of us will will join the person? When I heard that, I knew that, see, woman, this word that you're sharing with these people is for you. What did I do? I went back to God. I said, okay, I know you gave me a song in 2004. One morning, I was getting ready to go to to church In 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 my bathroom. I began to sing, every day I live. Lord, let me live for you. Every song I sing, let it be for you. Every day I live, Lord, let me live for you. Let my life glorify your name. I remember God gave me that song in 2004. And that morning, when I received it, I went to church. We're still in Merritt House. And we used to do, um, we used to have morning, I well, can't remember, we, went, we hadn't started um, fresh anointing, but we used to have, we, we used to just worship before the service. And they were singing a song, and I just interjected this one, started singing, and everybody joined me. I didn't want to tell them it was my song. You know how you say it's your song, they I was like, what type of song is that? I didn't tell them. I started seeing them, all of them joined me, we started singing, we finished. Was after the service, I said, "Do you know that song we sang? God gave me this morning." And they were like, "Really?" I said, "I didn't want to tell you people. Ah, some people can kill your dream. You go and tell them." I said, oh, "Ah, yeah, okay, but you know, you can make it like this. And then you'll be discouraged." And they were like, "Oh, it's nice. It's nice." I said, "Glory be to God." But see, I buried it. Two thousand and four. But then I called the producer. I said, "Listen to this song." This was 2017. What do you think? I said, oh, it's still good. You can record it. Let me tell you, brothers and sisters. The moment that I started recording, God started to give me songs. I never imagined in my life that there was a song in me. Let alone 18 and a half. I say 18 and a half because the one I did for the European Union is not if. It's a full song. 19 songs. Praise the Lord. But only 18 recorded. Praise the Lord, somebody. I'm sharing all of this to tell you what God can do with you the moment you say yes. So in my life now, I'm not even preaching the sermon that I wrote down. In my life now, let me tell you what my practice. Whenever the spirit of God says something to me, I don't try to make excuses. I just say, yes, Lord. Then I'll figure out how to do it. That's what I'm doing now. Pastors, my witness. I've been swamped. This one's calling me to do this. This one's calling me to do this. Things that I could easily say I'm not doing. Please, we're having this meeting. Please, lead worship. I'm having this. I'm like, ah, ah. Then I will remember. I'll say yes. And then I will say, Lord, Please how do I go about this? There was one that happened on Friday. By the time, I just told them yes. By the time I finished ministering, I knew that it could only have been God. I'm saying all of this to tell somebody here, it's not just about mothers. It's about everyone here. That it's time to begin to live with purpose. It is time. There are some things that you have left that God is saying, go back to. Look at us mothers. We are carriers of destiny. In fact, destinies. We are blessed women. Strong. People have said that, look, women should be the ones leading nations. You know why? Because we lead from a place of love and compassion. But I don't know what's happening to us now. One of the worst things that coronavirus did to us, did to the people of God, is that he made us bury our gifts. That's one of the worst things that he did. Amongst others. Because everybody kind of went back. Just went backwards. And then now, every Sunday pastor is whining all of us, come back. Come out of that mood. Come back. Is a God of intentionality. He doesn't do things randomly. If he sped your life from last year to this year, there is something that he wants you to do for him. What I'm sharing with you is my life now, it's my experience. I've stopped wasting time. I don't waste my time anymore. Before eh, me time waster but not anymore because by the time you even clock 50 what is remaining even if you want to form that you don't look your age your age is what it is they say what goes up must come down except your age everything you throw up love gravity must fall down yeah? your age in fact, if you say, Hey, I'm old, ah, this is the youngest you'll ever be. Is it not? You're older, baby you'll be older tomorrow. That's the truth. I'm old today, but I'll be older tomorrow. There's no time to waste. I don't want to talk about women. I'm tired of always referring to people of old, what Esther them did. How Mordecai called Esther and told Esther, perhaps, you know, you are in the kingdom for such a time as this. Their time has passed, though. Deborah was a, 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 the wife of Lapidus. Deborah was a judge. She was a prophetess. In fact, I almost want to say she was even a warrior. Because when the Spirit of the Lord ministered to her that um, Barak should go and lead the army of Israel, Barak said, I can't go. If you don't go with me, I can't go. Deborah went with him. And God gave the victory to a woman. But I'm even tired. I told pastor, I'm even tired of talking about Deborah. I've been preaching Deborah all my life. Every time they have a woman's sister, I must remember Deborah. What about you? What about me? The acts of the apostles. What the apostles did. They have given you the baton now. And every day we are still saying what they did. It's good to study. We must always study the word of God. Because it's the word of God. And we get inspiration from the word. We see examples from the word. We get direction from the word. Then when we are done with that, we begin to live the life. We begin to emulate what we studied from the word. That's what it's about. Enough of us, every time we gather, we're talking about people who ran their race and who finished well. Ha! But they're calling you and I higher to look unto Jesus. And we keep giving excuses. I can talk boldly like this because I used to be there. I used to be that person. Full of excuses. Pastor has a nickname for me. Dodger. I can't dodge for Africa. I don't want to do this. That's what people say, right? Dodge for Africa. Smile for Africa. I used to dodge. Call me to, I don't want to do anything. Some people think, Mamichi likes to hold the mic. It's not true. I don't like to do anything. But I've realized, even being shy doesn't bless anybody. Do you know? Being shy does not bless anybody. Being humble is good. Being shy doesn't bless anybody. I'm shy, I can't do I'm shy, I can't. Nobody will be blessed. Meanwhile, the gift that God has given you is for the benefit of all. See, when you people were singing my song, this, in fact, you're singing your song, because I, as far as I'm concerned, the song is, it belongs to Voice of One. The songs that God gave me, I always tell Ray and John, they sing it better than me. So that tells me that when you receive something, it's not really for you. Your gift So the sermon I preached some years ago: Your gift, my benefit. Whatever gift God has put in you is for the benefit of others. It's not even for you. You think I like my voice? I don't even like my voice. Ask anybody that knows me. I don't even like to hear my voice. It took a lot. God had to humble me. Hey, there was nothing Pastor didn't do to me. After I released myself, if I play it, I'll block my ears. Say, who's that? Who's that? Now, I like it. Why? Because I realize that God likes it. Mm. And I like whatever he likes. Praise the Lord. Even though your voice, God likes it. If he calls you to that ministry, use your gift. Use it. Use it. The other day, our brother shared that creation is still waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Look at where our nation is. In the time of Deborah, she said... In Judges chapter 5, I believe by 7. He said, village life ceased in Israel. You know what it means for village life to cease? What is happening in Nigeria? Is there still village life in Nigeria? Where people are free to move. You know, our children, they can go to your neighbor's house. Run around. That's how it was. She said, until I, Deborah, arose... A mother in Israel. Ha ha. Deborah had to arise. What are we doing now? In Jeremiah, when God pronounced the judgment, he said, send for the wailing women. Send for the women who know how to go on their knees and pray. no more wasting of time. I started something, some of you follow me, some of you go back, you know, watch the playback on Instagram. I'll just be sharing these things because as the Holy Spirit leads me, I started to do every Friday, um, 10 minutes worship break with Chineze. You know why I'm doing it? Most of times I don't even sing my own songs. It's not about my songs. It's about us worshiping God. I'm doing it because a lot of us have shied away from social media. Meanwhile, the devil is taking over social media. We're folding our arms. You are not carrying microphone to preach the gospel here. You're not preaching in your office. Your pla- the platform, the small one that you have. See your phone. Please, if you have your phone, raise it. This is a platform. You have it. The page is yours. It is your own wall, isn't it? You can post anything you like. If you like, every day post Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord. If they block you, you create another account. Praise the Lord. You must be intentional. I only joined Facebook and Instagram in 2018. Every other day, or sometimes if I can post every day, I post. I post. You have to take over that space. We can't fold our arms. You think the devil is sleeping? And they say, I'm shy. I don't really like doing anything on social media. I don't really like doing anything. Where are you doing the thing? Please forgive me, your mother. You know, today is supposed to be a very happy day. We will still dance. I'm still laughing as I'm saying it. Where are you going to now do it? If the little one calls social media that you have in your own hands, you're not doing Every day the devil is posting rubbish. Did you people see one that a, a lady? I think this particular lady, what she was using to charm married men. And she will call young lady, say if you want to catch that man, take this one, is a sharp sharp. I don't know what they used to call those things. This one is this, this one is that. Do you know somebody even forwarded that video to me? Look at the type of things that go viral. And we are here folding our arms. And the devil is at work. Say God forbid. Mother say God forbid. Say today I rise. In the name of Jesus. Creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. And Pastor P, when I, while I was meditating, I remembered the work that you were doing. I remember the ministry that God committed to you. Ministry to prostitutes. Right? And the Lord said you should pick it up. There was a lady that she invited to church. She had ministered to her. She invited her to church. That's the lady. pastor has mentioned her a few times. When I Pastor P called me to talk with her and pray with her, I called the lady. I asked her. I said, look, my dear. I said, if God were to open your eyes, To see that in five or six years' time, you're going to be the first lady of your state, would you still be a prostitute? She said, no, ma. No, ma. I said, stop it. Because you don't know the plans God has for you. God hmm, is waiting on you and I to step out and do something enough of us holding our arms and doing nothing. Even in the church, God is calling forth the treasurers. God is calling forth the worshippers. He is calling forth the, the, the servers, who He has gifted to serve like Martha. You know, when you read about Martha, the first thing that we say about Martha is that uh, Martha, Martha's ministry. Do you think Martha's ministry is a bad ministry? is that a bad ministry? It's a good ministry. Luke chapter, um, Luke chapter I think it's chapter 10 verse 38. Martha's ministry is a ministry ordained of God. The only problem was that Martha was not mindful. She was not minded towards her own ministry. She was doing her own and she was complaining about her sister who was called to be a worshiper. You know, that's the problem we have. That's what hinders us. We're not focused. You're looking down on what God has called you to do. You feel it's not good enough. That's how I used to feel. Ah, Being in the choir is demotion. What type of demotion? Pastor told me, said, look, my wife, if you and I go travel abroad now, do you know if they hear you singing, they can call you to minister me. Nobody will ever call me to preach when T.D. Jakes is there. Ah, It's true now. TDJs and all those big, big ministers. They won't call him to preach. Now. If i not abroad, this far. Let's even just go to Lagos. But you know, they can call me to minister. And that's the gift that I want to look down on. It happened now. Pastor, was it not at Fort um, um, TDJ's Church? That that woman gave me, took off her, her jewelry and gave me. One white woman. Because pastor said, my wife sing. It was break time. He said, my wife, I still sing what? He said, sing sweeter than anything I know. I started to sing it. Do you know the woman removed her jewelry? I still have it up to today. I can't give it out. She removed everything she was wearing and she gave me and it was expensive. I still have it. I've sold a lot of jewelry. That one I won't sell. because very significant. She removed and gave me. So that gift that you have, that you think it's nothing, hey, Maybe your own is just to keep inviting people to church. You're not preaching or you're not doing anything, but you're inviting people to church. Let me tell you, it was my boss who invited pastor and I to church. My boss in Lagos. And we went to church and we surrendered our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ and God began to use pastor and I was following. Do you know that in, I think six years later or five years later, we built the Desire of Nations parish. After we built the auditorium, Pastor Adeboye, the general overseer of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, came to, um, what do you call it, to dedicate the auditorium. Guess who came with him as his personal usher? It was my boss. Yes. Paddy Ezekiel, in case you know him. You can ask him. He stood there and he looked at Pastor Anai and while he was ushering, he was crying. Why? God used him to invite us to church. Anywhere, I keep saying it, anywhere the story of Pastor Ike okay, okay, and Pastor Chinez, okay, okay, anywhere our story is told, they must mention Paddy Ezekiel. So that little thing that God has called you to do, that little gift that you're neglecting, you think, what is this among so many? When you give God the little you have, you'll be amazed at what God can bring out of it. Little multiplies in his hands. That little boy had five loaves and two fish. Look at what God did with it, with the five loaves and two fish. I came under the unction of the Holy Spirit to wake up lionesses and lions. I wanted to say giants, but I said no. One giant I know in the Bible, David brought him down with his stone. But the Lord Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. The Lord sent me to wake somebody up. I'm telling you, that's what it is. To shock you out of where you are. That spirit of, I don't know what to call it. Is it lethargy? I don't know what to call it. Whatever is lying to you and telling you that God cannot use you. That it's too late. Hey, it's not too late. I released my my debut album at 48 years old. Come on, it's not too late. Some of you are 30. Some are 40. 40. At 50 years, I released my second album. I'm going to release another one. By the grace of God. When I released that first one, I said, ah, I've satisfied my husband. Let nobody ever call my name again. And then when I kneel down to pray, a song will come. I said, oh, Lord, now. And he kept coming. And he kept coming. And he keeps coming. I have songs now. The only thing is that God is looking, one of you here. He's supposed to be sponsoring me. I'm not joking. That should be your ministry. I can't even see anybody's face. That should be your own ministry. To sponsor the work. You know how much it costs? To make music? It's expensive. So it's somebody's job. To sponsor the work of God. It's another person's own. To serve in the house. It is someone else's own to minister in songs. Look at what they are doing in SOS. When was the last time you saw choir minister? You see the way they minister powerfully all the time. And then you just went and come, brother. In those days, they used to give people a castle. After a powerful ministration. CA, am I lying? Even in our own church. Someone blesses you. You take your car. Not your only car. It's not the one they asked Abraham to do. Take out your son. You're you not that one. But you bless somebody. Because they've blessed you. Because the Bible says that their need. Or their, their abundance may supply your lack. That your own abundance may supply their lack. So some of them that are ministering. They don't have cars. They don't have money. They don't have clothes. But you're here. You have money. You can't sing. Use your money. I'm serious. Use your money. That's why God gave it to you. That's the reason you have it. To use it. For his glory. So nobody is exempt. You can say these are the ones that are gifted. We are all gifted. If I had time, I would have said they should put for, um, First, Peter, First Peter chapter 4 from verse 7. Or ten. You will see that everybody here is gifted. Everybody. No exception. Everybody here is gifted. Some, some of us, your own is to beautify people around you. That's your assignment. That's your call. And you have to do it. Because the grace is already available. That's how you live with purpose. You ask the Holy Spirit, open my eyes. Open the eyes of my understanding. Let it be flooded with light. Let me understand the hope of my calling. There's there's a purpose to which you have called me. He says you were created, recreated in Christ Jesus unto good works which God prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. Walk in them. There are many. Walk Walk in them. Walk in them. Walk in them. His grace is sufficient for us. Amen. God's grace is sufficient for us. When you don't understand purpose, you live carelessly. John chapter 4. Jesus was on his way to Galilee. But the Bible says he needed to go through Samaria. He needed to go through Samaria. And then he went and while he was waiting, he was tired. And then his disciples went to get him food. But then a woman came to draw water. We're rounding up. A woman came to draw water. And she saw Jesus and Jesus said, give me water to drink. And she said, "Ah, how is it that you being a Jew? You're asking me, a Samaritan woman, for water. We don't have any dealings. You don't have any dealings. You know we don't we don't we don't mingle. We don't mix up. And Jesus said to the woman, "If you knew who it is who asked you, then you will ask, and He will give you. He will give you living water, hey, not water that merely exists, but the water that is living, the water that gives life, the type that when you drink, you will thirst no more." And this woman said, you don't even have anything to draw with. And then, you know, Jesus said to her, go and call your husband. She said, I have no husband. And he said, in that you have spoken truly. Because you have had five. And the one that you're currently with is not your husband. This woman ran back to the city. And she went to meet all those men that had been with her, and she said, "Come, see a man who told me all I ever did." I'm saying this to say something, because those men, when she, when they heard her, or her words, they followed her to Jesus, and then they sat with Jesus. And then they started to hear the teachings of Jesus. And then they persuaded him to spend more time with them. And then when, they spent, when he spent more, more time with them, their lives were transformed. And they said, we believe not because of what she told us, but because we have heard you. You know why I said that? That woman was designed by God to be an evangelist. That was her assignment. When the purpose of a thing is not known, abuse is inevitable because she did not know the purpose for her life so she was hanging around men having relationships with men you know getting married to this one living with this one sleeping with this one doing whereas god was calling her to reach those men sisters young ladies those men that are always following you it's not about your figure it's not about your looks. It's about the glory that you carry. They don't know it yet. Oh. They don't know that that's what's attracting them. They think it's your short skirt that is attracting them. It's not. It's the glory that you carry. But it will take the Lord opening your own eyes. To see. That the real thing that is attracting them to you. Is what you carry on the inside. It's not what. It's not how tight your clothes are. It's not how short they are. I see young ladies these days on social media. They will take pictures. This woman had opportunities and she missed them. But one day she met her Messiah and her life turned around. I said that to say to someone, That it is not too late for you. No matter where you are, where you've been, what you've done, it's not too late. That's one thing I love about our God. He's the God of second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth, and tenth chances. He's a good God. He's a good God. Someone will say, oh, I'm not good enough. Are you worse than her? Have you married five husbands? What about Rahab in the Bible? Rahab too was a prostitute. But God turned her life around. And when you look at the genealogy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 1 verse 5. You see that Rahab's name was mentioned. It's a God that can turn things around. That's who our God is. He can turn your life around start afresh with you so that at the end of your life the eyes of men will marvel in the name of Jesus Christ. I want us to pray. If you don't mind, you can rise to your feet. One thing about purpose is that no human being on earth can tell you what your purpose in life is. Only God, only the spirit of God can minister it to your heart. So I want us to pray. And we'll pray from Ephesians chapter 1. That God will grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. Let light flood into your eyes. So that you will know the hope of his calling. There's a hope to which he has called you. There's a purpose to which God has called everybody here. Under the sound of the the voice of the Holy Spirit. There's a purpose to which he has called you. So pray and ask the Lord to open, open, open the eyes of your understanding. Open it, Lord. Open it. So that you can begin to live purposely and purposefully to the glory of his name. Father, we ask that you will open the eyes of our understanding. I like a song that this young man sang. Channels of my spirit. Open up. There's so much God wants to do. But we just need to open up. Open up so that God can work with us. Work in us. And then work through us. Another prayer that we ought to be praying now. Is from Colossians chapter 1. That we may be filled with the knowledge of his will. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So that we may walk worthy of him. Fully pleasing him and being fruitful in every good work. And increasing in the knowledge of God. I want you to open your mouth and begin to pray. God is here. God is here. God is here. I want you to begin to call forth every God-given gift in you. Call it forth in the name of Jesus. Call it forth. Whatever that gift is, call it forth in the name of Jesus Christ. Cantarabos. Let that gift begin to find full expression in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ so that you can live with purpose and not live randomly. So that you and I can happen to life and not let life happen to us. Apostle Paul was a man who lived with purpose. He didn't miss any opportunity to preach the gospel pray that no baby will die in your hands that there is no ministry that God has given you that will die in your hands Lebrosi kateke lebrosa, man derebosi talabrandara bos, kibanda derebosi mali brandorama suta lebroska, man derebandra bos kontolebrandara bos, mali brandara I want you to pray that you will make full proof of your ministry. That which God has called you to do, enough of fapping around. Malebros cantarabos, kibande andemo sinta lebrando rabar. We are calling for the mothers in the house. We are calling for the fathers in the house. We are calling for the prophets in the house. We are calling for the preachers in the house. We are calling for the teachers in the house. We are calling for the servers in the house. We are calling for the givers in the house. Arise in the name of Jesus. Arise in the name of Jesus. Come out of obscurity. Call forth that gift that is in you. Call it forth in the name of Jesus. Call it forth in the name of Jesus lembranda da santa da May no ministry die in your hands in the name of jesus que boxa la da boss que manda da mamaka segede gele boss kede mosu katgele brondoro boss manda let us be a church of sons that are manifesting mali brondo de moshi katata la boss baba kasata let us supply our quota to the body of Christ and to our local assembly in the name of Jesus. Supply everything that God has given you. It is for the benefit of all. Father Lord, I receive grace, oh God. I receive grace. I receive grace. I receive grace in the name of Jesus. If the vision is not clear, pray for God to make it clear. Let Him make it clear. Let Him make it clear. Because when you have that vision, it clarifies your purpose. I said vision clarifies your purpose. Now you know what to do. Now you know how to do it. Now you know how to occupy that space that God has given you. We come against every limitation. Everything that tells you that you cannot do it. We say away with it in the name of Jesus. Isaiah said to God, He said, Woe, woe is me, woe is me. I am an unclean man, I have unclean lips. And then the Lord sent an angel to touch his lips and now said, Gone all the guilt, everything gone in the name of Jesus, everything gone in the name of Jesus. When that woman met with Jesus, Her life was changed. It was dramatically changed. We sang, how can I stand here with you and not be moved by you? When she stood with Jesus, she was moved by Jesus. She was chained by Jesus. No more chains binding you no more chains binding any of us in the name of Jesus we break off everything that causes limitation in the name of Jesus father we thank you lord we thank you lord whatever You're doing in the season, please don't do it without me. Don't do it without me, Lord. Whatever you're doing in the season, don't do it without me, please, Lord. Season. whatever it is that you are doing in this season father we want to be in the number when they touched the leaves of Isaiah and took away his guilt and his shame the lord now said who will go for us and Isaiah said Here I am. Send me. Let that be your response to God. From today onwards. Whatever he says, just say yes Lord. Just say yes Lord. You don't know how to do it, say yes Lord. Because the one who called you is faithful. Who also will perform it. He's the one who works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure just say yes Lord I've learned it now I just say yes Lord I just say yes to your will and to your way I just say yes Lord and whenever you say yes God always enables you he always enables you so I'll say yes Lord yes to your will Say yes. Oh, yes. I will trust you. I will
0: trust you and nowhere.
1: When your spirit when your spirit speaks to me in my whole heart in my answer will be in my answer will in be, answer will will be yes. Yes. Oh, yes. There's somebody here. You really want to fulfill purpose. But you've not yet surrendered your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. But something is burning within you. The Bible says that this is the day. Today is the day of salvation. Please can you wave your hand to me. If you want to surrender your life to Jesus. Don't be shy. We all did it at some point in our lives. If you're here and you've not yet surrendered your life to Jesus, there is nothing that you can do that will amount to anything when it's placed side by side with eternity if you don't have Jesus as your Savior, Lord. So if you're here and you want to give your life to Jesus, please wave your hand. And if everyone that is here is born again, glory be to God. Go and manifest our sons in Jesus' name. Amen. style is great for everyone oh
0: yeah. have you have You've been listening to a message from the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Quarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. 9 a.m. on Sundays and 6 p.m. on Wednesdays for telephone 09-290-9000 or 703 88404 You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org
1: God bless you.